0: Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in, and welcome to another session of these present days. And the title is, Truth Be Told. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us Jesus. That's one of the biggest things to thank you for, because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And our life would not be life without having Jesus lead the way, because he is the truth. Thank you, Father, for what you have in store to speak to us through the things that I share today and to invade the spaces on the inside of our hearts that need to be enlightened with the entrance of not only your words, but your spirit too, just to enlighten wall to wall inside of us and not have a lack of understanding where we need it the most. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Right now, <clears throat> while I was preparing this the other day, and right up to this time, right now, today, there's, a, there's currently a battle going on for control of the truth in this world. Um, there's been all kinds of accusations of Fake news, false news, liars, this, liars, that. This is the truth. No, that's the truth. I got my truth. You got your truth. All kinds of watering down of the truth. And we need to understand something right from the beginning. When Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except by, by me. I mean, he means that. You know, Jesus says, you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Incrementally, you're made free as you dive into the Word of God, and the truth opens your eyes to see something a certain way that you didn't see it, and all of a sudden, you get freed up a little bit more. And the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. And as Jesus was preparing his disciples for his departure before the crucifixion and then the resurrection, is that... He was telling them, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to make sure that you have what you need because I'm going to send to you the spirit of truth. And in the Greek language, a lot of people don't understand this or know this. The word for truth is feminine. And so she is leading us and guiding us into all truth. That's the side of God, El Shaddai the multi-breasted one, the nurse, the nurturing one, who is nurturing us with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does many things, many facets to the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit was present when Ananias and Isaac Sapphira dropped dead. And because the, they lied, and the Spirit of Truth don't like no lies, the Spirit of Truth was right there in Peter when they did that, and down they went. And so she didn't like that, that side of God. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're not saying that God is a is a female, and and there, there's no genders like that with God. But in the in the language, the word truth is feminine, in the Bible. And so, listen, something was in the works for the past week and a half, maybe two weeks. The takeover of Twitter is now finished. You know, by this self-proclaimed free speech advocate, Elon Musk. He's got it, and he actually wants to make sure that we preserve the freedom of diversity of ideas, diversities of opinion. And a lot of these social media platforms have been taken that away from us. They've taken it away because of political differences and, and political bias, biases. And so this is a real important time to understand more about the truth. I know I've taught before about the truth and you know I might've done some classes on the truth and, 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 and tr- versus lies and, and we're gonna touch on some of those things as well again. But we need to understand the importance of knowing the truth. Because if you're deprived of the truth, you're in bondage. You're not gonna be free. You see, what the federal government did after this in the last couple of days, I think it was Wednesday, they countered this because they're all up in arms. All of the people on that side of the aisle in Congress and in the Senate, that side of the aisle in their political preferences and stuff, they're all upset because Elon Musk is messing up the monopoly that we used to have. Where they could just censor people and take them off, and you don't hear them, you know, on that platform anymore, and they just silence them, you know. And look, look, look! I'm all for free speech, because if the, if, if we're pulling, you know, like if, if, if our political party happens to be the party of the ones that want to monopolize the platforms and to shut everybody else up, well, that doesn't do you as a Christian any good either, because if they can shut up certain people that they don't agree with? What makes you think they're not gonna go for Christianity next? And so we need to snap out of that. And we need to be for freedom of speech and expression and let the lawsuits begin like it was back in the days that I was growing up where if you were defaming somebody, you were speaking and putting your mouth on somebody and warning the people about you know trusting that person because he's a liar and he's a thief or whatever, and it was true, nothing would happen. Because when I was going to college up in Northern California, way back in the 70s, late 60s and 70s, there was all kinds of disagreements. There were books that were written, that were in our classrooms, like The Greening of America, Future Shock, where they're actually naming names and taking numbers about corporations and the dirty dealings they were doing, but they were speaking the truth and nobody sued them because it was truth. But now we've got people getting slapped because they somebody doesn't like uh, what you said, which may be truth, because their opinion differs from yours. And, and that's such a joke. You see, what, what is truth actually? What is truth? Truth is ultimate reality. In other words, if I made the playground and I know everything about the playground and I tell people about the use of the of the apparatuses on the playground, and they need to understand that, that it's been built a certain way that improperly it won't work on the playground, and they go out there and they say, well, my truth is I'm gonna do it like, no, 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 my, I'm the creator, I made this, it's gonna work this way, you do something else with it and you call it your truth, you just violated the whole premise of the creation. That's the principle of creation. So, when man starts loving fellow man like he loves a woman, that's the problem there. Because God didn't create it like that. That's the problem there. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, I might be censored on that. Who knows? You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying what God says. I'm just saying and establishing things that God wants us to understand. There's truth in the Bible that people don't like. And so, of course, they're going to try to shut that up. Of course. They're going to try to twist it. They're going to try to remove it, cut it out, you know, cut and paste, get rid of it. Because they don't want the Lord God, the Creator of all, to be in control of their life and to be the arbiter of truth that He is. He has the market cornered up, but they don't want that market, because they don't believe in Him. They believe and trust in their feelings. They believe in their impulses. They believe in their no- lower instincts as almost animalistic. They just believe in those things, and they believe in the science. <laughs> there wouldn't be any science if there wasn't for God, because all science is doing is just reporting out on what they discovered that God made. And they don't have any explanation for it at all. If you're trying to figure out all these years that they've been working on trying to find out how the universe was created, and the best they come up with is a Big Bang Theory? Well, that was a Big Bang Theory already, all right, because God said, and all of a sudden, light starts streaking across the universe at 186,272 miles a second. And God spoke, and another Big Bang happened, another you know, streak of light you know, and he separates the land from the from the water, and he's just setting everything in place, creating the animals and everything, man himself, and God. God was lightning lighting up the universe, man. And that science have come down to where they don't think it, it evolved. It's astronomically, mathematically impossible to the one zillion power <laughs> that stuff just happened and it just formed on its own, and the cells in the bodies of living things just morphed and mutated fast enough and long enough. It'd take over a zillion years for something like an earthworm to become a walking human being. It'd be like, I heard one person, a scientist that's a Christian, he described it like this. It'd be like, as if a tornado hit a junkyard and when it got done, it built and assembled a 747 jet airplane. Yeah, right. Impossible. And so people have mostly ditched the stupid theory of evolution. Do we evolve as humans? Of course we do. We, we're supposed to evolve, not devolve. We're supposed to get more and more intelligent, more and more wiser in our older ages and stuff, more and more understanding and things like this. There's evolution. But not evolution of the species—nonsense. And so, we—you we, know—we may say people might be writing right now and reporting out right now that oh, the society is is evolving. There's an evolution in our society, you know, because they're accepting all kinds of deviant um, forms of expression now, and they're calling—you know—what we used to ha- ha- call illegal, they're calling that legal. They're calling it good and everything like this, and it's like, and it's okay now. No, it's not okay with God. It's not okay with God. Now listen to me carefully. God isn't a hater, and I'm not a hater. God wants what's best for us as the manufacturer of everything. And what's best for us is the manufacturer has the last say on how we are supposed to operate. And if we don't, there's consequences. There's gonna be consequences. It'll break. It'll break down, it won't work. I love all people. I understand that people may be mixed up about some things because they don't know God, the creator. Maybe they don't even believe in a creator. Maybe they think that science validates their atheism, which they will never get science to validate atheism because science is stumped and they're standing at the precipice of a vast chasm between what is and what wasn't before it became, and they don't understand how it got there without intelligent design being factored in. That's where they're stuck. And so, like what I'm saying or not like what I'm saying, what I'm saying is truth because it's biblical. Is science evil? No, not, not evil at all. Not, I mean, modern medicine, no, not modern medicine, not, not evil, not the intent. The intent behind it is to help people to help people. I mean, God Almighty, medical science has kept a lot of people alive long enough to find Jesus and to find salvation, to find eternal life. And so I wouldn't condemn anything like that. You know, but where we we need to draw the line though is where, where I advocate putting your whole trust in God for everything you need and eventually weaning yourself off of sharing trust in other things to take care of needs that God supplies and He promises in His Word. Anyway, moving right along. Here we go. Just the other day, (laughs) they countered Elon Musk buying Twitter because they realized when Elon Musk bought Twitter, it's it's not a public trading stock anymore. It's a private entity and he can make decisions and make the rules. He owns the whole game. You see, Twitter and I think even Facebook, a lot of these platforms, they were never owned by just one person. They've had shareholders. They've had people that, you know, have a say and what and, and if there are enough of them, they get the swing Certain ways. They get to put the, the pressure and the weight against certain things, you know, and maybe other people that disagree with them, but they're going to go with the majority. And so what they did was, in countering this, the federal government in this present administration countered with the creation of a new department under Homeland Security. They called this the, Dif- the Disinformation Governance Board. The Disinformation. Governance Board. And the purpose of this new department within the Homeland Security Department is to screen out and to censor any misinformation it deems threatening, and I'm writing this into the script myself, that I know that they are taking control of it. That the person that they put in charge of it is going to make the final call on it and they're going to censor it. They're going to make the choice of what to kick out and what to accept. But what I've seen in action, and this is my opining right now, my opinion, is that they're going to censor things that don't agree with them and they're going to take on things just like it's been happening before with Twitter, just like what they were doing with Twitter. And now they're threatened because Twitter's been taking over. And a lot of people have, you know, claim they're going to quit Twitter and everything like this. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, wow, this has probably been in works for a while, but just popped it the same week. And this purpose is a stated purpose. It's working within the Homeland Security area. And it's going to screen and censor out any misinformation. It deems threatening. And I wrote that. I wrote that. You know, that in my notes, I wrote that down, that it deems threatening because it's not taking a consensus on what people deem threatening. It's put a a committee together, head up by a woman, and I don't need to mention her name. You can look it all up, headed up by a woman, and you can look at the back track record of this woman and where she's coming from. And what her affiliations and agendas are, and she's the one that makes the final call. Yep. And so, this department, what's going to come out of there is they're going to screen and censor anything that it deems to be misinformation. And it could be threatening to the ideology, the ideology of those that are in power, the powers that be. They're the ones that set it up. Well, can you say tit for tat? Hello, tit for tat. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Listen up, human race. Truth is not subject to private interpretation. truth The market is cornered by God. No scripture is of private interpretation. Scripture interprets itself in the context, the context of the setting, the context of the situation, the context of what has been said in the same subject beforehand, the context of the character of God Almighty. And so it can't contradict itself. It's got checks and balances in the way. And so truth is not subject to private interpretation. If there's any intelligent creature or creator that made everything, if, and created everybody, if, if there's anybody like that out there, he or she would hold all the cards on the subject of truth, wouldn't he or she? Yes. If they created it all, they should have the Creator's rights of controlling it all or putting into place a standard that controls it all. Controls what is what. You know, and what is and what isn't. Or what's real and what's unreal. Or what's good and what's bad. Or what's right and what's wrong. If there is any intelligent Creator that made everything and created everybody, He'd hold all the cards on this. But if there isn't anybody out there that knows everything, then have at it. Make it up as you go along. Knock yourself out. May the best idiot win. (laughs) See, this is why there's so much chaos in the world right now. In most of the countries around the globe, people in power have decided that there is no heavenly moral compass that all must live by. And so they make it up as they go. That's the world we live in. We've gotten used to that. We know that much. Are we tolerant of it? Yes, we are. We should be. Are we approving of it? No, we shouldn't. We don't have to. We we have a right to believe and to trust God. See, they, these countries that are running their countries, the leaders that are running their countries like this and collaborating, and monkey see, monkey do, they're following the leader, the U.S. of A., They just let their seared conscience go right ahead and determine what's right and wrong in any situation so long as it appeases their appetite for lustful self-intelligence and justification of the same. You see, Muhammad Ali, one time in an interview, from memory, recited this trope about truth that he come up with from somewhere, and it had a lot of truth in it. Muhammad Ali, I'm going to read it to you. Here it goes. The face of truth is open. The eyes of truth are bright. The lips of truth are never closed. The ear of truth is upright. The best of truth stands forward. The gaze of truth is straight. Truth has neither fear nor doubt. Truth has patience to wait. The words of truth are touching. The voice of truth is deep. The laws of truth are simple. What you sow, you will reap. The soul of truth is flaming. The heart of truth is warm. The mind of truth is clear and firm through rain and storm. Facts are only a shadow. Truth stands above all sin. Great be the battle of life. Truth in the end shall win. The image of truth is the cross. Wisdom's message is its rod. The substance of truth is Christ. The love of truth is God. Life of truth is eternal. Immortal is its past. Power of truth shall adore. Truth shall hold to the last. I kind of sounded like him a little bit, didn't I? Wow. Not to say that Muhammad Ali was the bastion of truth, or had a personal relationship with the truth, but he had an appreciation for truth, even if a little imperfect. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Or you can put it like this Jesus is the way to the truth that gives life. John 14, 6 in the Mirror Translation says it like this Jesus said, My I amness, you know, the fact that I am, that I am. My I amness mirrored in you, in other words, you're a reflection of me. My I amness mirrored in you is your way, and this is your truth and also your life. Every single person is now brought face to face with the Father entirely because of my doing. You see, when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, he wasn't being exclusive. This is the most all inclusive statement embracing all humanity. Wow, you see what every single thing comes down to is truth versus lies, truth versus lies, and so misinformation. We that's a polite way of saying lies. Yeah, you know, I misspoke. No, you lied. <laughs> I mean, you just call it what it is, and so misinformation is just being nice and polite in the twenty first century. You know, and why not? You know, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of things are going south in a handbag, um, you might as well have something to are hanging on to some decorum. And so let's just call it misinformation. I mean, it sounds like a woman, uh, may I have this dance, misinformation? And you go out there and you dance around with it. Well, it's been dancing around in society for some time now, a lot of misinformation. The news cycles, they're you know politically influenced, You know, the news um, uh, platforms that we have, whether they're online or whether they're on TV or computer screens, all the stuff like this, um, their political bias and their opinions are completely eclipsing truth. And I'm I'm not talking about just on one side of the aisle, liberals or conservatives, on both sides. On both sides. The only, like, once again, the only one that has the market cornered on truth is God. Let me just put it like this. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. Okay? He also said, my words are truth. Okay? They come out of his mouth, you know, like his breath, his breathing. You can feel a little breath when he's speaking. If You put your hand close to his mouth or put your ear close to his mouth to listen. You know, so he's putting his spirit into it. You know, his spirit and his life. And also his word is truth. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, he's upholding all things by the word of his power. Let's put it like this. Let's just take the wraps off and call it this. He's upholding everything. In other words, holding everything together by the truth of his power. In other words, his truth doesn't have power. His truth is the source and the origin of power. God's truth is what holds it all together. It takes power to hold it all together. All the way down to the electron, proton, and neutron. There's little quarks in between that are microscopic, you know, little filament-like lines between that's holding it together, and they're vibrating. They're moving like the strings on a guitar or a piano uh, cable. They're vibrating because they were set in motion by God speaking in his own bravado There's a vibration to that, and all of creation, all the way down to everything coming from the mouth of God and breathed, inspired by God's breath, it's all held together by God's Word, which is truth. And if something happens to the truth, everything comes apart. And so, the truth is under fire, the truth is under attack. We people of truth, people that are about the truth are getting hit in the, in, in the process, in the battle. Because nobody wants... Well, you see, you got to learn very, very soon, if you haven't already. To speak the truth in love, like the Bible says. When you speak the truth in love, you take the edge off of it. You take the legalistic thing off of it. You put some humanity to it, some care to it. Some concern to it because you should get care and concern about how they receive it or how they respond to it. That you're talking to them about the truth. If they get pissed and stuff like this and all angry and stuff, you most likely didn't handle the truth very well. I mean, standing out there and condemning everybody that doesn't believe in Jesus to go to hell and stuff like this, or blaming you know them for you know um, uh, contracting the AIDS virus because of their sin. No. No, you don't have that right. You're not the judge of that. But the church did a lot of that. And so they thought that they were telling the truth and putting it together just to slapping a, a couple of scriptures together to make some kind of a stand on something. No. Jesus, you've got to follow the example. Jesus said, I'm the truth. Watch how I act. Watch what I say to the woman caught in the act of adultery. Did I condemn her? No. I cut her loose. I forgave her. I took her sin to the cross. I take everybody's sin to the cross. I don't hold anybody accountable to their sin anymore. They don't have to answer for their sin anymore. They will never be punished. They will never be punished for the sins they committed. That's not the reason they would go to hell. they go to hell for rejecting Jesus because he's the one that paid their price. He's the one that paid their ticket. If they don't receive the paid, stamped, approved ticket, they don't receive Jesus, but well, then they got to pay their own ticket. And that's what hell's about. Hell's not about, you know, torture and punishment. Hell's about purging and cleansing and regenerating rege- and renewing. And I'm not going to get into that, just leave it at that. But that's, God isn't in. The wholesale incarceration of zillions of people and torturing them and never letting them fall asleep or never letting their pain sensors uh, uh, kick the circuit breaker, you know, just torture, that's monstrous. You should be slapped for something like that. That's monstrous. No, there's a purpose behind it. I mean, listen, imperfect man set up the whole penal institution idea in the first place, right? And, And so... What it was originally designed for is you're incarcerated for rehabilitation. Well, it's turned into a cesspool of twisted and corruption to where it's ruined a lot of lives. There's been some that have improved themselves and bettered themselves and got out and were productive, but it, it dehumanizes and demoralizes and a lot of a lot of injustice goes in to a lot of wrongful uh, Convictions and stuff like this and so we see so many flaws in it. I'm not saying we we should do away with it. Heck no We should improve it Should improve it There's a lot of people who need to be taken out of general population until they get rehabilitated and get you know Find out how to live civilly with other people. Dear Jesus Let's carry on Since everything comes down to truth versus lies, let me give you some scriptures. Truth. In John 18, 31 and 32, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, When you continue to embrace all that I teach, you will prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom in your lives. Verses 34 and 35. I'm reading from John 8. Verse 34 and 35, I speak eternal truth, Jesus said. When you sin, you are not free. Listen to that. When you sin, you're not free. You become a slave to you become a slave in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family, like a son does. For a son is a part of the family forever. Therefore, if the son sets you free, you should be free indeed. And once again, John 14, 6, from the modern English version, he says. Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What about life? John 8. We were in John 8 a minute ago. just John 8, 44 through 47. The modern English version translation. Verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Dang, if you, if you don't like what the devil's about, why would you like anything about lying? Whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're, you're entertaining it from anybody else. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Verse 46. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 47. He who is of God hears God's word, therefore, you do not hear them because you're not of God. He nailed them. He had to. He just nailed them. You know, you can't hear what I'm saying because you're not of God. You You need to surrender your heart, you need to open your heart, and give God the invitation to take over your heart. See, this is an important notation. Because as revelations go, this knowing of the difference between lies and truth, and how to cut through anything and strip it down to the simple formula, And most importantly, what God has moved heaven and earth to give us access to and authority within regarding truth and lies is all at the heart of everything. In other words, getting really good at decoding the distractions and ignoring the misdirection in order to dig out what is the truth in any situation is the secret weapon that we have to slap down, that we have to slap down the lies and break free from the tyrannical Tantrums of irrelevant attention hogs that have stopped us and misled us in the past because we accept what they're saying as gospel truth, as scientific truth, as provable truth. You see, you can't prove a lie to be true. You can't prove a lie. It's a lie. It falls apart just by virtue of what it is. It is what it is. And so, Regarding truth and lies, it's, like I said, at the heart of all things. And so we got to get good at decoding the distractions and ignoring the misdirection of the lies in order to dig out what is really the truth in any situation. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not truth. It might be true. Okay, ah, what's that mean? It could be true. Your personal truth is not your personal truth. It's your perspective. It might be true that you saw a car wreck from this side of the street, and two other people saw it from the other side of the street, and the people in the car wreck saw it themselves because they are in it, and everybody's telling a different version because that's their personal perspective, and that's what things are true because it really was true because on this side of the street it looks different than the other side of the street and it looks different inside the cab and inside the back seat than it did outside and so the truth is the collaboration of all of that but God doesn't have to wait because he says in his own words in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established well God bears witness Jesus and the Spirit bear witness, and so every word that God has ever spoken is established, and by established it means it's immovable, it's unchangeable, it's eternal, it's the standard by which all life exists and should also get in rhythm with if it's out of sorts. You see, identifying both truth and lies in every situation enables us to cut through all of the myths direction and distraction. Misdirection and distraction. What's distraction? That's the loss of traction. In other words, you gotta have some some cleats on. You gotta have some spikes on the bottom of your shoes to dig into some soft terrain that's slip sliding underneath you. And so that's why that's why we have to have the armor of God on. That's why we have to have the shoes of a soldier in the Roman Empire that's fighting rain or shine on the sides of hills and on flat land and everything in between, having his footing. You see, when you don't have the truth, you have no footing. By no means is this concept new. Jesus is our ultimate example of this very thing because he was challenged And cross-examined sideways to Sunday by the Pharisees, by the Sadducees, by the religious elite, by the scholars of the day, you know, by the pedigrees of the day, by people that were students of the word. They were legalists. And he navigated and he cut through the middle of all the things they were saying. He would say stuff like, well, it was said by them of old, but I say this unto you. In other words, he would quote something. He would quote something like, it says of them of old, you're to love your neighbor but hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love those that hate you. Do good to those that despitefully use you and abuse you. Whoa. And so he comes, he's bearing truth. And so when he is is, is citing you know, like when he says, like, in, I'm quoting from the Sermon on the Mount. I'm quoting from the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew. And he said, it was said with, it was said of them of old, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, hmm. He changes it. He doesn't really change it, though. He interprets it the right way. If your brother hits you on the one cheek, turn the other. I say unto you, if your brother takes your coat, give him your cloak also. I say unto you and he's interpreting it and he's not doing away with it. He's explaining it and so Jesus is the truth combined with the spirit because a lot of people take the legalistic part of the truth because when God gave the commandments, those are legal legal writs that they did their their court sessions by. You know anybody representing somebody is going to have to know what the commandments command so that they can cite on what side of the law their their client is on as they're presenting their case to the judge in the matter, and the judge in the matter is going to know what the Bible says because you know the church and state weren't separate you know back then, <laughs> because the kings were you know were were, were God fearing people, well most of the time they had a lot of bad ones, but most of the time they're. Supposed to fear God, they knew God, they had a relationship with God, and they took the commandments of God seriously. And, and And they introduced that into into society, become you know civil declarations that you had to live by. They had to live by that. It was against the law to commit adultery, punishable by death. God said so, and so they eliminated all the adulterers pretty quick. And the others that are just watching and paying attention, they learned not to do that too, mostly you know mostly i mean you still have people that will break the law you know that's what you know it's so you know uh, infallible that's what's so fallible about you know a, an infallible god putting infallible commandments up in front of people he knew that this would lead them to understand they need a savior because they couldn't not they could not keep the law they're in, in a fallen state and condition they can't keep the law and the law can't save them it took a man to take their place in a human Uh, earth suit, for them to be saved. And so, when I just, the last statement I say is, this is nothing new that Jesus completely modeled this. We just need to go back, pay attention to how Jesus rolled, how Jesus interacted with people, how Jesus treated people, how Jesus trusted his Father so much, how Jesus claimed that it's not about me, it's about Him. I came because He sent me. He sent me because He loves you. You know, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And Jesus said, I don't speak my own words, only what I hear my Father say. I don't do my own thing, I only do what I see my Father doing. That's the truth saying that. Can the truth be limited? Absolutely. Can the truth fall prey to the predators of our time And just fall in the street. Absolutely. Talked about that in Isaiah 58. That truth is fallen in the street. And God had to look for an intercessor to stand in the the gap between, you know, the condition that that left his people. Because the truth wasn't being upheld. The truth wasn't being obeyed. The truth wasn't being listened to. The truth wasn't being accepted anymore. And so, you see, we have interesting things going on in the world right now. We have somebody that, a self-appointed truth advocate, freedom of speech and truth advocate, buying up a whole company for 44 billion dollars. Wow. And then you have the country that this company is in, countering, with a department, with a very, very zealous woman put at the top of this department. You can read a lot of comments about this person and the pick that was selected for this person. And she is appointing herself in so many ways the arbiter of truth versus lies. The arbiter of what is acceptable speech and what's not acceptable. And that, my friend, is a threat to a free society. And so we need to be aware of that, on the the alert of that. We need to be countering that wherever we can with the truth in love being presented and we need to be tolerant with people that are too lazy or just ignorant, which is a bad trait in and of itself. So is laziness. You know, because you're probably ignorant because you're lazy. (laughs) But they just don't know what is being shoveled into the wind and what that smell is, if it smells like doo-doo, it's probably doo-doo. If it smells stinky, if it smells like excrement, if it smells like waste material, it probably isn't fresh air that you're smelling. It's probably just what you thought it was. And so, be discerning by the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of truth is designed by God and assigned by God to lead and guide us into all truth and to tell us things to come. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verses 11 through 13. He said this is what the Spirit of truth is here for And so we need to start internalizing, we need to start internalizing more often to compare what is being shoveled into the wind toward us with what God says about any given situation at any time. And so I'll give you one for instance, okay? The doctor came back and told you you have some bad incurable disease and he prescribed some medication to start with and he scheduled you for an operation because it might be early enough to catch it but it's kind of in between. And that's a bad report and you don't like hearing that and what you do is You turn to Isaiah 53 and verse 1, and it says, Whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? What? What are you talking about? That's what he starts. I mean, mid-sentence. Not mid-sentence, but mid-thought on the first sentence of 53rd chapter. And in the 53rd chapter, it says in verses 4 and 5, that Jesus bore our pains, carried our sickness and disease, and by his stripes we were healed that's the truth i said that's the truth what's the doctor talking about oh that may be true but it doesn't hold water when it's stacked up to the truth and so the choice is yours you still have a choice truth or lies because if it is not the truth then it's a lie if god says you're healthy the doctor says you're sick. Who's lying here? Let God be true and every man a liar. Father, I thank you for helping us understand what we're up against. I hope and I pray and I believe and I say that all of us that are able to hear my voice in this lesson this day are not going to be lazy and let Things go on the same way but are going to double down on what we need to know. If it means forsaking other things for a moment or two here and there, nothing else will do. Don't you care? Well, you better because this isn't a mistake that you're here or there. By God's design, You were born for this time. Embrace it. But no, you'll not be able to navigate it successfully if in the working knowledge of the truth you don't continue to grow. So, get busy. My son, my daughter, get busy and discover more of what I have to say about everything. And incrementally, you'll grow. And beyond that, you'll be able to withstand the adverse winds that'll begin to blow. Not because you just dig your heels in and lock your legs, but because of what you know. The truth. The truth from above and not believe the lies from below. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for tuning in and listening. God bless you all, talk to you soon.